This is episode 540 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Writers Association of North America. This week's show, we have Kathy Wieschoff, Jessica Phoenix, and Lisa Thomas. This is Max Corcoran in uh, Overcast, but yeah, warmer than where Joe is, West Palm Beach, Florida. And this is Joe, and I am in cool in the morning, but sunny as always, beautiful Ocala, Florida, and you are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. Max, how are you doing down there in West Palm Beach? Good. I'm, I'm at my very first USEF meeting as my first official duty as president-elect, um, and it's, uh, it's different. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I've never... Um, uh, I've never been here, so it's not not what I it was different from um, the USCA meeting. So this has been kind of interesting, le- learning about all the other breeds and disciplines, and meeting some people that do what we do for their world, um, that kind of thing. And got to go to the big, uh, the riders or the you know the, the human side awards yesterday because they're not all riders. There's some of them are drivers or the equestrians, I guess they call them. Equestrian of the Year Awards, um, so that was last night, and the Horse of the Year Awards are Saturday night, um, so that's been uh, kind of cool, and um, yeah, so here we are. Yeah, been down to the water, put my feet in the water, that was great, you know, got to do that while you're here, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I last a week down there. Get yeah, yeah, it gets claustrophobic, but um, yeah. you know, right now I've been in a hotel most of it, so you don't really feel the claustrophobia because it's just sort of like being at any other kind of meeting yeah yeah no it's not look it's great it's a great it's a great place to go and visit yeah yeah but it's not for us us rural eventer types i don't think exactly yeah um yeah i lived in london London for four years max yeah yeah i I did i lived in london for for four years and i've had my dose of city traffic loved it i had a great time best time ever yeah yeah but like now, I'm I'm you know back to my rural roots. I feel back down. And I like I like yeah. I just like it a little bit slow color. That's just yeah. the way I like it. It is. Yeah, it's great. But anyway, enough hassling West Palm Beach. So yeah. the, how's I mean? So what's the what, what what are some of the differences, Max? You said like it's a bit different. Is it just a bit more? Uh, like, well, there's there's not very there's you know I feel like when you go to the uh, USCA convention, there's a lot of educational stuff. There's um, different uh, open forums there's and and stuff like that and there's there's not that here there's just i mean i guess there's a few of it i shouldn't say there aren't any but uh very very few um uh things that you sort of say ooh, i, I really want to listen to this person speak because there's not really any presentations per se but you right. know they did have a safe sport uh type thing and that was blah blah blah, blah. um so you know and again if like, if i have to hear the word safe sport one more time um, but you know, they've done a good job sort of explaining the process and sort of doing all that kind of stuff. So there is that. And, um, so they haven't, uh, it's, it's just different. It's all it is. It's just a different feel. Um, I wouldn't say there's not a, a lot of people here, I guess if people are here, they sort of ebb and flow in a little bit. So, um, it's just, it's just different. So not that it's better or worse. It's just different. Different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose you're going to have to get used to it, Max. You're going to be going to quite a few of these meetings. I am going to yep. be. Yep. Exactly. Bring it. Bring and, uh, it on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave, leave, leave you to it. Oh, no. Well, we have got 
a long show. So you're going to have to get ready for a big, long trot set, you trot setters. Um, We've got – we have got Jess Phoenix. We've got – Kathy Weishoff. We've got – and Lisa – Thomas. Thomas, thank you. Yes. Yeah. We've got a fantastic show coming up for you today, and we will get to that right after we have heard from Springtime Supplements. Springtime Supplements has been dedicated to improving the lives of horses with Springtime brand of supplements, and they've been doing it since 1979. Springtime offers supplements for joint health, immune support, calming, hoof and coat, insect control, and much, much more. Before we tell you about one of their really interesting products, Ahi Flower Oil, we wanted to mention that they have a special just for listeners of the Eventing Radio Show. You receive an authentic 15% off and free shipping for just mentioning the show. Be sure to go to springtimeinc.com backslash eventing or call one of their knowledgeable reps and be sure to mention the discount code eventing. Have you ever heard of Ahi Flower Oil? We all know the importance of essential fatty acids for horses, but recently a plant was discovered to provide completely balanced omega-3, 6, and 9. They call it ahi flower. Till now, you had a few options. You could use fish oil, but let's face it, horses are herbivores. They don't evolve to consume fish oil, but there's also flax, but ahi flower has been shown in clinical studies to provide better omega-3, 6, 9 absorption and balance in horses. It's proven to be better than flax or fish. This is the type of expertise you get from Springtime, who are always at the forefront of the latest research. And don't forget that Springtime also has a full line of canine supplements to keep your dogs at peak wellness too. The website again is springtimeinc.com backslash eventing or just give them a call. Welcoming back to our show is our good friend, Kathy Weishoff. Kathy, good to talk to you. So glad to be here. Glad I could join you this afternoon. Yeah. So, Kathy, you, uh, I think we talked to you maybe about uh, last year sometime about going down to Costa Rica and doing some course designing and course building down there. And, and you you went ahead and went and did that again, didn't you, recently? Yeah, they invited me back. Um, the first year was quite a challenge because I designed uh, beginner novice through preliminary on 11 acres. Uh, and that was <laughs> quite challenging yeah. this year. They didn't have as many competitors, uh, but it was kind of cool to go back and I thought be able you was to gonna say as many acres and you had to trim the, course. well, no, <laughs> they still don't have any more acres, but okay. um, they didn't have as many competitors. So, right. so I only had to do two divisions. And, uh, and so that was obviously a little bit easier trying to not having to fit everything in down one alleyway. Uh, made my options a little easier. <laughs> it also, it also, uh, it also was great just seeing all the horses again and the riders again, and and being able to to kind of adapt what I'd learned the time before to make it a better competition for them. I thought this time, so it was really, really fun. I mean, and you know, who doesn't love Costa Rica? The weather's beautiful, and and uh, and all the things you see there, the way they transport the horses, and the way the horses live, and. And it's just a totally different world from what a lot of us are used to. So it really still lets you appreciate the adaptability of, of the equine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so what, um, 
how many competitions do they have down there every year? I think they run uh, at least two, if not three, competitions. And 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 you know, Leo is uh, Leo Munoz Ortiz. I think I pronounced that right. Um, she and her mom run the run the stable. There's a lot of kids that come in and ride. They do a, a bunch of school horses. Some people own their own horses. The father is a lawyer, I think, that works in, in San Jose, but he has dressage horses, and, and he comes out and rides when he has time. And they do a lot of different things. They kind of run maybe like their own pony club. They have a lot of education for the kids, a lot of education for the adults, and it's a very, very active, involved. So they might not run an event, you know, two, but two or three times a year, but they're doing dressage shows. They're doing quadrilles. They're doing, you know, all kinds of stuff that um, is educating uh, the kids and the adults and, and letting everybody have a good time with their horses over there. That's so cool. How fun. It is cool. Yeah, it is fun. They, yeah. they do somewhere on the, uh, in Costa Rica, they do run an FEI competition, don't they? Yes, they do, but I'm not exactly sure. I mean, when I was there, one of I think they have run an FEI competition at their place, just a a one star. Um, and uh, but I'm not exactly close to uh, San Jose. I think I got gotcha. uh, They do run. They do run a, a one star, and I think then um, the two star happens maybe over in Colombia or something. So wow. In you know, in, in South America, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you what do you see as the biggest challenges for for you going down as a course designer? Is it land? Is it um, as a you know? Is it the materials you get to use? No, the materials I get to use are fantastic. I mean, Hilda, the mother, just builds everything, and she's had. I think John Wells has come in and done some building for him. She's had some good builders come in and build them some really nice fences, and they're all just laid out and ready for me to decide where I'm going to put stuff and, and where to plunk it. Um, I think the biggest challenge, you know, there, there is no forklift. Um, it's uh. guys, you know, <laughs> lifting it on the wagon and driving it to the lower field. Um, and when they put the footing down, it's by wheelbarrow on the path, you know? And, uh, so I think that the, the biggest, those are kind of the biggest challenges, um, is, is, is actually getting the fences out there, but they have really, really good quality fences and, and I think Hilda's built every single show jump they have. And this year she did a brand new Christmas tree standard, you know, show jump. And because I was there, you know, um, right before Christmas. And, and so they just put a lot of love and effort into it. And a lot of, uh, as we would say, elbow grease, um, because there isn't a lot of machinery to do the work. And the guys, you know, go out, they stake everything. And I mean, it's all done properly. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. And so this last one that you went to do, um, uh, so you were there, but you, you sort of have to build as you go along, don't you? Because there's, you use some of the fields for the show jumping and then you put a jump yeah, in. The, is that right? Yeah, yeah. The, right. The show jumping course, um, happens also on, you know, an acre and a half that we have to use for the cross country. Um, but, uh, but again, the first year when I went down, I kind of designed the show jumping course and then, you know, put the cross country fences in. And this year I did it kind of in reverse. I kind of set the cross country fences and then built the show jumping course around it. And, and it actually, you know, works, works well either way. It really does depend. Again, this year I only had two levels to run through that field. So, 
So it was easier. I didn't have quite so many jumps. Um, the biggest thing I felt like I gave to them the last two years was like their warm up, you know, has to be in a sand arena, like a 20 by 40 sand arena. So, and then the way that the field is laid out, there's kind of one side of it that's uh, revetted with a ditch and, and there are some jumps that we use, but you can kind of gallop across the bottom of it. And I set up a, you know, kind of a galloping fence and they go out there and have a little canter on the grass and can jump something solid before they start cross country. And, you know, they have the limited amount of competitors and because of the track, it, the way the track is designed, you can't run more than one person at one time. So, so they start yeah. one and, and when it goes around the top and down the bottom and comes back up and, um, and then they, it finishes and the crowd goes wild and it's so fun. And then the next person starts and it's just, um, it, it's really cool to, to like cool. I said, you know, and Leo does all the announcing and she's just hilarious. I don't understand half of what she says because she talks <laughs> Spanish, but, but you can tell by the inflection in her voice, in her voice, you know, it's just hilarious. It's really funny. And That's sorry, but, yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge getting the, the show jump in the, and the cross country on that one field. But, you know, as soon as the, they do the dressage and show jumping the first day and the second day is the cross country and the guys are out there with their wagon and they pick up all the show jumps. And so all of a sudden you have a nice, you know, clean field with a few jumps in it for the cross country. So it's, it's pretty cool. That's cool. Now, having a quick look at the map here, Kathy, um, did you have just riders from, um, from, Costa Rica, or did you get some of the uh, other South American countries coming along? As I well? think we just had riders from uh, Costa Rica this time, and I right. think we may have had a couple from the other countries when I was there. Uh, and I think it was 20, 2016 in the spring, so when it was a bigger competition when they had the preliminary, they ran the uh, preliminary or CCN one one star, um, and then training novice, beginner novice. So yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. What an adventure. It was an adventure. It Makes you a little adventure. bit appreciate a tractor again, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Exactly. And a golf cart. I mean, they don't even yeah, have a exactly. golf cart there. You know? so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Give me a, give me I a make sure I have my good shoes, you know, I'm not sitting <laughs> yeah. on my scooter running around designing. I'm walking everywhere. Yeah, sure exactly. If I forget a jump on the course, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go back and start all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, tell us, Tell us about the fun side of things. I mean, like, do they have big parties and barbecues and stuff like that? A little bit like Brazilian. It's it's like when you yeah, go to an, yeah, an event yeah, down there. Yeah, I mean, everybody. It's like a little festival. Yeah, everybody is. Um, yeah, we all. I mean, we all went and did karaoke one night, and uh, and they have. Uh, it's just uh, you know all the the guys all fix the food and have their little you know um, you know food stand and 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 it's yeah it's a, it's great. Now as far as the Partying at night, I'm not sure. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it are, are kids and stuff like that. So I'm not, not sure how much of that goes on. And, and pretty much the organizers are exhausted. So we just go back to the house and drink and eat and go to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We do the As partying before or after the competition. Yeah. 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 yeah good fun. That's cool. Cool camaraderie. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, Kathy, another reason why I wanted to get you on the show is because, um, well, you recently lost your your buddy Okatia, which is uh, yeah. we're going to totally change subjects here. Um, but yeah. Okatia <laughs> was such a such a cool horse for so many people that a lot of people probably don't know 
his pretty awesome story from from the moment he was found um, until he found his way back to your field for his final retirement, uh, exactly. which was a pretty good yeah. life for him. So tell our listeners a little bit about our friend Opie Lopi. Well, yeah, Opie Lopi. He, um, I actually would need to look up because I don't remember, but he was uh, off the track thoroughbred. I think he had only like four starts and just didn't want to know about racing. And the story that I got told was that Bobby Hewlett down at, uh, from Holly Hill Farm, he's always going and looking at in the, you know, kind of the kill pens to, to look at, night, at horses. And Opie was kind of standing off by himself. And, uh, and he kind of noticed this big raw bone kind of three-year-old standing. He's like, that guy's really cool. And, um, and Opie was like, I do not want to be with those horses over there. And that's, this is kind of the story that Bobby and Tracy, uh, his wife tell. And so Bobby tells the story that he had to pay 67 cents a pound or 68 cents a pound instead of his normal 62 cents a pound to buy the horse (laughs) and to get him, to get him from going to the killer's. Because I had to ante up a little bit, but I could tell he was going to be a really, you know, a really cool dude. So, um, you know, my, the, the Hewlett's could fill you in so much more. I mean, they started him eventing, and I think everybody in the family rode him, Paige and Bobby and, and Tracy and um, drawing and the blank did, on the... But didn't Heidi... Heidi took him to Young Heidi, Riders, too. Yeah, yeah, Heidi took him to Young Riders and won Young Riders with him, evidently. And then I think she did one advanced on him, and it didn't go super well, and they decided to let David have the ride on him for a little bit and get him up to advanced. And so, or, or attempt advanced again. And I know that David went to Radner with him and won Radner with him and then, then took him one or two advanced. I'd have to go look at the record, but then I'm actually sitting, you know, uh, watching Opie being ridden at the O'Connor's, um, because someone was trying him and I didn't know he was for sale or anything. And, and Karen in her inimitable fashion, you know, gives me an elbow in the ribs and says, Kathy, you need to buy that horse. And I'm like, well, I didn't know he was for sale and tell me more about him. You know? So, <laughs> so I put together a syndicate and, uh, and bought him and he was just, uh, I mean, he was just an amazing jumper. He was a little bit difficult on the flat. He kind of was up periscope all the time with his head, but he had the heart of a lion would jump anything. And I was just so fortunate to, be able to get the ride on him. He was a little bit of a challenge keeping him sound, but I was able to do um, Fairhill, Foxhall, uh, Kentucky once or twice, um, and just have you know the best the best rides on that horse. And he was just an amazing cross country machine. Um, he was a pretty good show jumper, and like I said, he didn't like the dressage that much. But you know, back then it really didn't matter. Uh, he, none of know. them did. None <laughs> of them did back then, though, did they? Yeah, exactly. You know, didn't really yeah. matter. No. It didn't matter. Yeah. You should go. Yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, you know, one time at, at Kentucky, when I got all ass backwards on some combination, I didn't make the turn and I kind of went around this way and around that way and, and, uh, and managed to get out of it with no penalties. I thought, and I got back to the barn and Philip Dutton comes running over to me. How'd you do? What'd you do there? You know, let me, let me figure this out, you know, just in case something like that happens to me. And, and they, they didn't give me the penalties. And then after he passed the jog, which Dopey had to jog twice on Sunday morning, then the technical delegate came up to me and said, Kathy, we've decided to assess you that 20 penalties. And I was so mad. I goes, there weren't very many competitors. You guys were home at 3.30 yesterday afternoon. Why couldn't you have come up with this decision then? No you know, kidding. They were, yeah. they were waiting to see if I passed the jog to see who had to be the bad guy. You know, so Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Rock, paper, uh, scissors for sure. Yeah. But anyway, so after I retired him, um, 
then he went back to the Hewlett's, which is really cool because um, some pony clubbers, um, Ashley Hayes, I think, rode him and some other kids. And he was, you know, sound enough to do the lower level eventing. Um, and then, then when he kind of retired from that phase of his life, um, Karen had gone down to teach a clinic there and she saw Opie, you know, in the field and I'm not knocking Holly Hill, but, but the, the 30 acre grass fields in Kentucky, you know, she kind of called me up and said, you know, Kathy, it'd be really cool. You know, Opie's kind of retired. He's not working now. And, and, uh, if there's any way you can bring him back to Kentucky to, to live out the rest of his days, that'd be awesome. And so I just got in touch with Tracy and, and, you know, said, let's get him a ride. And I think they brought him up when, you know, when Kentucky was the host of young riders for so many years, they, they brought him up on a van for champagne run and then young riders. And, and he was able to, to be out in the field and we hacked him a little bit and every once in a while someone would ride him. But for the most part, he just hung out and caught the babies in the, in the, in the tobacco barn field was where all our young horses go. And then when we got a little crowded, then he and actually Kate, you know, Spelgadam would, I put him in the mare field with her because we always have less mare. So there's only like five of them out there. So they hung out <laughs> together quite a bit too. But, um, but then this year he just was got a little bit of pneumonia. He just wasn't doing well. And I said, you know what, buddy, you've lived a good life. And I don't want to, you know, the worst thing for me with these older guys is to find them out in the field and with the ice and the snow and they slipped and they can't get up. And I think you're doing them a better service, uh, letting them move on, you know, in a dignified manner than, than having it not be, or have it be something that, that you don't want to walk out in the morning and see your, your retired four star horse not able to get up. You know what I mean? It's such a hard decision that we, yeah. we have to make for them. Don't yep. we? It's part of, it's part it of is. the responsibility that we take on is to, to make that call. Yep. Exactly. We've, yep. we've all had yeah. to do it. Yeah. 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 Such, I love I just love that story. I mean, the kill pen yeah, to Kentucky. Just, I mean, that's like a, yep. that's like the all American yeah. story, isn't it? <laughs> I know it is for sure. Yeah. Yep, Sorry, tell me that. I mean, yeah. I sent the story to RP and they were just happy to publish it and, and I got people sending me, someone just this morning texted me a picture that I'd signed of, um, of Opie or Kate. I can't remember now that, you know, um, said, look, you signed this picture and here, you know, here they are jumping the corner at Kentucky. You know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Kathy, was he, or was he not the horse that you got struck by lightning on? <laughs> no, he was not the horse I got struck by lightning on. <laughs> Do you know, oh, I absolutely. I absolutely yeah. love the story. Kathy, can you tell the listeners the story? <laughs> you forgot about that story. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, well, no one hangs out with me when there's a thunderstorm, I can tell you that, because they know I'm, <laughs> um, but <laughs> all of a sudden, I've lost all my friends. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, we're at Middle Tennessee three-day event, so this was a long format, and um, we're kind of in the tents, like, uh, and it's thundering and lightning outside, and it's, you know, maybe at a horse trial, I'd have said, man, I'm not going out there, but it was, you know, long format, and you know, I've gone there to compete. And I said, well, okay. You know, and Debbie McKenzie or Debbie, Debbie McKenzie at the time, Debbie Wilson. Now she was kind of teasing me about the, you know, when we used to wear our hunt caps, she goes, that little button, that metal button on the top of your hat's going to attract the lightning, Kathy. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay. So I get on to go warm up and I'm out in this field and I, that, that bolt of lightning came down. I mean, if I'd been hit, I would be dead obviously, but it hit so close to me that it felt like a 400 pound sledgehammer came down on top of my head and just knocked me. I mean, right off my horse and the horse just went flying back to the barn. 
I was like crying and going, hey, where's, you know, the ambulance comes running over and like, get me the hell out of this weather. You know, I'm <laughs> the ambulance so fast. I don't, and, you know, there they had to like cross a road and the horse was never the same after that. I, I mean, I sold him to someone. Says, no, I'm but you, you were, but you, but you were fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, clear, I felt like clearly. I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, nah, I, mean, no I felt worries. like someone had really crushed my spine a little bit. You know, like all of a sudden <laughs> I was two inches shorter. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Let me be able to ride more horses. Yeah. No. <laughs> but oh, yeah, dear. so I survived that. And then I said, yeah, Debbie, you're in trouble because you warned me about that little button on my hat and it got me. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. That is. Anyway. Isn't that hilarious, Max? I just love that I know. I know. It is such a good story. It's like, of course, uh, yeah. Gabby gets free. He's like, yeah, I'll get right back on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Where's the horse? Yeah. yeah. So when it starts thunder and lightning, I remember when she would be down training with Karen David, she'd be, I'm out of here. I'm like, I, I know, I'm right, I, I right do. next I to you, girl. A, I have a, I have a fear come up, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to get undercover. I can't, I can't be out here. Cause like I said, I, I would have been dead if it hit me directly, but it, there were burn spots in the field and Jurgen Goler was another guy that was out there riding. And I think he got knocked off his horse too. And there were like, you know, lightning strike spots in the field where we were trying to warm oh up my our horses. God. Yeah, yeah, there were. Yeah. Oh, uh, how the how the rules have changed now, Max. I eh? know. Exactly, I know. Right? Yeah. Five miles <laughs> away, yeah. and you got to be you're locked up for a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. Oh my Back god! Back in the day when things were right. Exactly. <laughs> Knock oh, a little totally. sense into everybody. Yeah. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah, but yeah, tell you what, you don't have to live in Florida very long to start getting a bit windy about lightning. I can tell yeah, you. Exactly. When yeah, exactly. No, right. when I first moved here, I was like, aha, lightning storm, aha, lightning storm. And now, you know, and you know, I'm not going to go into the details, but there's been plenty of lightning strikes and things and bits and pieces close to home and all of that. Yeah. And, you know, animals and, and livestock killed and stuff. And you start to go, yep. hang on a minute. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> don't don't ride in the rain anymore. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep, for sure. You tech yep. could definitely take your second thing, second chance. So, Kathy, you um, looking forward for you for this year? You're heading to. You come to Florida soon. You come back. Come on down to sunny yep. Ocala, Florida, in a couple of days. Coming down to sunny Ocala on Wednesday. Yep. For Excellent. Sure. Yep. Looking forward yeah. to. It. Got a good group yeah. of kids and horses coming down, and it's going to be a fun time. Yep. Excellent. Good stuff. And you, and you've got some courses you're designing, um, in Kentucky and, and other area and a yeah. lot of stuff in area eight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm doing a lot of show jumping and, uh, and I do the flying cross, uh, cross country. I'm doing one up in Michigan and then a lot of the show jumping and I just love it. And, you know, uh, hopefully the, the USCF meetings happening this week and they'll, you know, we all took our exams back in September and all kind of got signed off with our examiners that everything was good and put in all our paperwork. So all we're waiting for is the USCF LOC. I hope to sign off on the on the large R so I'll be qualified to, you know, design uh, intermediate tracks. So that'll be that'll be really cool because cool. it'll open up a few doors. Yeah, for me. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a long um, process that you guys have to go through oh, to get licenses, isn't process. it? Yeah, yeah, it seems like a massive amount of hoops to jump. And it's ex- it, and it gets pricey. It is and it isn't it isn't it isn't. I mean at the end of the day, um for course design anyway, I mean if you think, 
you're, I'm going to go out there and design a course that people are going to be jumping and it's my responsibility. And yes, it's a, it's a, you know, group, you have ground, you have technical delegate. It's all team effort when you get to the competition. But, but, uh, but I didn't mind necessarily the, the edu- I mean, I love the education part and, and hanging out and, and apprenticing and, and apprenticing with the, with the course designers. And they're just, you know, bless them. They're, you know, they're going to a comp, you know, to design. And then they're like, oh, wait, I got to go over here. So no, I'm not going to be so to hooking up with them was, was quite a bit of work. But once you got it done, then it was, it was really useful and very comforting and educating to, to, to do all of that work so that when you go take the test and when they give you that piece of paper, you're going to be confident enough that you can go out and do, do good course design. So, so there are, but you know, do dotting the I's and crossing the T's as far as the organization and getting the, getting your evaluations, uh, you know, your, your apprentice work that's got to go in and making sure the guys follow up with that is, is just something that as you go along, you learn to have that piece of paper with you and get them to sign it while you're standing in front of them, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Yeah. because if you wait for them, they're just so busy. They're like, yeah, I thought I said it in. Well, it ends up in the back of their pickup truck, doesn't it? Right, exactly. And then it rains, and then you're screwed. No? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How do we end up back at the rain again? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Back of the thunderstorms. Yeah, Yeah. enough of that. Back of the thunderstorms. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thanks so much for being on the show with us. We're going to hey, let you go. Great. You're probably going to be Good packing fun. and doing your stuff, but it's great well, to talk actually, to you. I have, and... a lesson, I have a lesson waiting for me. Oh, what, goodness. Can't wait yeah. to get to Ocala. Be teaching no in the sunshine. Kidding. <laughs> exactly. You will be. You will be. We, I, I'll tell you what, bring bring a few winter woolies with you because it's, we've had a few chilly mornings down here. But uh, the rest of the time is I'll do not that. too bad. All yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, looking good. forward to seeing you down here, Kathy. Thank right. you very much. Joining us now is our friend from Mid-Atlantic Equestrian Services, Lisa Thomas. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. It's great to be on. So, um, amongst other things that you do, Lisa, you you do a lot of um, uh, sponsorship work and stuff for a lot of people, and you do you represent a lot of companies and, and all that kind of stuff. But one cool thing that you've just done recently, which I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't get to go to, is that you got to attend the Equestrian Businesswoman's Summit down in West Palm Beach. Tell us a little bit about the background behind it and, and the the whole idea of it and what happened during this whole summit. Well, I was really happy to come down to Wellington a day early, actually, to attend this summit. So the idea of the summit um, was born from Jennifer Wood, um, and it's through Jennifer Wood and Jump Media, I believe. And it was really her brainchild. And it was this brilliant idea to bring together women across the equestrian industry. Um, There were women that represented, they were not only riders there, there were companies, companies. from every walk of life, there were over a hundred women in the room and Jennifer had put together a really great panel of kind of leading boss ladies in the industry. And we spent the whole day attending all these different panels and it was really um, an inspirational experience. So at this conference, obviously there's a bunch of, it's, you know, a lot of estrogen there and everything, but so, but there's a lot of people that talk, who did you seem to find as the, you know, the, the person that you, you know, weren't expecting to uh, know about and you were sort of a little bit blown away by them? 
So there was a young lady who um, was actually next to me by the door and she was in a wheelchair because she did not have any legs from below the knees. And I saw her prepping for her speech and she was second up on stage and her name is Beatrice Lavalette and she goes by the name of B and she has dual citizenship. Um, she's French and she's American. And a couple years ago, um, she was actually in the bombing in Brussels and lost uh, both of her legs from, I believe, the knee down. And so when uh, the bombing happened, um, she had second and third degree burns all over her body. And it was really miraculous that she survived. But she was also a lifetime equestrian. When the bombing happened, she was only 17. So at the um, conference, she's 19 or 20. And um, she's here in Wellington training with the paras. And so um, she's really bounced back from the experience. And her attitude and gumption for life and um, just ability to have such a positive uh, outlook for her future was just so inspiring. And um, she's one to watch because I, I truly think that she'll be joining the likes of Becca Hart as one of the top U.S. para equestrians, and she will be riding to the U.S., which is great. Oh, that's pretty cool. Got to make sure sort of think about this. You know, we all are like, oh, it's kind of cold outside. I don't know if I want to ride. You know, like sort of puts things a little yeah. bit into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It really does. She was amazing yeah. and just um, had such a positive attitude and um, is really excited to be here in Wellington. And I guess she's competing in the next couple of weeks. And then now she lives on the uh, West Coast. And so she'll be going back there, but she'll be back and forth to Wellington and we'll be competing with the Paris going forward. Wow. Cool. That sounds like a pretty, pretty cool day. I mean, it's probably a lot. <clears throat> I know Joe is really sad. He missed it being a guy and all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Listen, actually, you would actually, be so smart. Yeah. I, rem I remember the cupcake lady on, on yeah. Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah. And I she's do. one of these people. I do. Yeah. I, I remember when you said, "Oh, she was on the Cupcake Lady on Shark Tank." It rings a bell. I, I, I saw that episode. I'm sure I did. Okay. Yeah, she learns how to. She packaged her cupcakes in basically like jars because you couldn't really ship them, and so the whole idea behind her baking was that she was shipping these cupcakes. All now it's all over the world, and um, yeah. She's really, a, it was a, an amazing story because she had been up and down throughout her life and losing everything. And she's really a, a comeback kid. Um, but then the, cool. the conference also had some great panels. So they had panels on social media and it was to address people, not like myself who work in the media and also to address athletes and to address business owners um, about key practices with social media. And so Patricia from Echo Gold was on that panel, um, Lisa Engel from Sidelines, uh, Lainey Asker was a guest, 
Lainey. Um, we know Lainey. She's a pretty good social media. Yes, she is the queen of the selfie. So yes, they had she her is. on. Um, and then they had some other panels that were all. Okay, so whoa, whoa. What a, what a, I'm interested in this social media thing, okay? Because yep. I want you to try and explain to me, because a while back, you had to be quite good at writing, win prizes, do things like that to gain sponsors. And that's kind of how it rolled. And it seems that nowadays, it's whether it's become parallel or whether the, the social media aspect has gone even more, it's, it's more about how much, and I hate to say BS you do on social media, mm. how many selfies yeah. you do, how much, how much you go on about this, that, and the next thing. That's what's attracting yeah. sponsors. Please explain this one to me. Mm. Okay. So I actually, that's a good segue because so I've worked in the business for um, about 15 years and my clients, I uh, offer them website design, PR, social media, um, advertising and sponsorship management. And um, when I started in social media, really it was just all Facebook. And I felt that a lot of it was very um, organic and um, authentic and so to me, when I sat in on the panel, we had a lot of conversation around that because for both businesses and athletes, um, it can't be something where you are just slinging a ton of BS all the time. And that becomes pretty transparent to um, not only um, businesses that sponsor the athletes, but also to your following. Um, and so it's, there's really a delicate balance on how you represent yourself on social media. Um, I offer it as like something that supports all of my clients, but I also coach them on how to be real and how to give back to their sponsors and how to be authentic. And, um, it's not all about hashtags and um, uh, in your own self-image. So it's really important that it's used correctly. I think that most of the public is really wise to that. And so as, from a business perspective, you're going to lose followers. You're going to lose people that are interested in your products if um, your whole social media is not um, really authentic. So that's a that's a good question, Joe, and it it goes on both sides. It's from the athlete side and the way that the athlete is um, representing the companies that they work with. Yeah, I mean, like for me, and call me old fashioned, but you know, athletes should be high profile, be able to win fairly good competitions, um, mm -hmm. that sort of that sort of thing, you know, um, and we're getting we're getting a whole lot of, we, we, it feels like an undercurrent coming through of, of athletes that aren't there, are, are there or thereabouts, but are sort of like touting themselves as being wonderful and things and using social media as that, as that tool. Mm -hmm. And then I want to go on to say like, you know, I was with, with one uh, manufacturer of, of, um, of riding apparel last year. And one of the first things that they said to me was, um, 
how many how many followers followers have you got on Instagram? You know, that was the the first mm-hmm. question. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. I'll have to have a quick look on Instagram. Thanks. Yeah, right. oh, I look, oh, I've got a couple right. of thousand or whatever it is or, you know, or, or, or something like that. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we've got these people and they've got 5,000, 6,000. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And, and the, names mm-hmm. that, the names that were rung around were people that just aren't all that. And Performing, so, yes. Yeah. And so how to just tell me, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not asking this question because I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm bitter about it. I certainly aren't, but I just want to know, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's got yeah. to be a balance somewhere. So um, most people know that I have worked with Boyd and Silva Martin for um, multiple years, for 10, over 10 years. And um, we manage, also Amber Heinsberger is very much behind the social media. And so what I'll say to any athlete is social media is a necessary evil. And that it is something that you must do, but it, once again, you need to, um, you, as an athlete, you're selling your product and your product is your success in the tech. That is your number one priority. You have to be successful at what you do as a product. And then you back that up with just some social media. If you post once a week and once again, that it's authentic and that you keep doing it on a regular basis, that's what's appreciated. But from the business side and also the athlete side, you can't have all this fluff without a product. So for you as an athlete, it's about getting to the events and winning. It's about uh, breeding, training and selling you know, quality horses, that's your business. So that's still your key focus. And what you have to do is just kind of make it um, second nature, but you don't have to make it like it, it doesn't have to be um, at the same level as everybody else. And you don't have to emulate everybody else. You need to um, make sure that you're capturing your own persona and just be true to who you are. Because it's so obvious when someone is just trying to promote themselves through false ways on social media. So I hope that makes you feel a little better. No, no, that's look, that's fabulous advice. Okay. And, you know, I want to just talk about this certain people that are on social media, the, the bit of advice about mm-hmm. once a week, I think that's fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. You look at myself, I'm a person that does not get to read social media on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. And the, re- the reason is because I've got one hand on each rein most of the time. And uh, when I come, when I come back in from riding in the evening, I'm brain dead, you know? So, you know, yeah. and that's, that's how I roll. You know, I'm not one of these people that has the time to do it. Luckily, my wife um, is very good and we communicate very, all the time together about what the horses are doing and how things are going. And we're at the competitions together. So she's got a very, very good handle on exactly what's going on in my life and does the tweeting for me, a lot of it, you know, um, and Facebook posts and that sort of thing. Thing. I mean, like, you know, and so that's that's kind of how we roll. But I mean, yeah, I, 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 I very appreciate the once a week. And I'd be quite, I hope some of the listeners can get down to once a week, you know, yeah. but I feel I feel that I just feel that with some of our younger listeners and some of the sort of young riders and people that are coming along, um, 
this such there, huge there should be thing. some sort of etiquette almost for it shouldn't there no it, it's <clears throat> such a it sounds huge... weird that way but yeah well i know that sounds weird that way max but like it it has such a huge influence on young people and I'm a person, I've got two young children and I know what's going, like, you know, how the media influences them and social media influences Mm -hmm. them and how they start to think about what they have to do and what they need to do and and, and things according to social media. And this is is why it's like, you know, if we could find a common ground. Yeah, I think, though, what you're going to find now is that People, um, you don't need to go on so many different social media resources. Like you can choose okay, Instagram well, is for the young. Instagrams for the younger group. Facebook, you can put more on there, and it's more for I would say owners and business owners and horse owners and influencers. And so um, you don't have to like prostitute yourself on social media. You just have to have a little bit of a presence. And if you are not comfortable doing it, the thing I always recommend is, and this is what I do with my riders, is that I find somebody within the barn that they're comfortable with that can help them with it. So maybe yeah. there's somebody that's a little more technically savvy or a little like more Like a 17-year-old you know. kid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, someone, yeah. You know, like someone wow. who is more comfortable doing it. Well, sometimes so, self self promotion is easier from a third party anyway. You it's, know? You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and um, yeah. Spe- especially when you've just had a weekend where you've fallen off three horses and you've got a broken leg or something like that. You know, like <laughs> yeah, you really don't feel like tweeting. Yeah. Oh, it was so wonderful, do you? You know, so you it is it is better with that third party. Um, yeah. But no, I but Lisa, I, look, that is fantastic, and I think Max. I want to talk about something else now. So, no, we could thrash this horse for, forever. We could go yeah. on about it never and ever. Yeah. No, yeah, we're of, just. It yeah. is a necessary evil, um, and it's well, got to. It's got to yeah. be done. And you know, in saying that too, like talk, talk us through a little bit at least when when people decide they're going to sponsor a rider, like. You know, there's got to be two sides to it, right? So the riders have got to do something for the sponsors, and the sponsors in return have to sort of do do whatever they're going to say for the um, for the riders. And and you know, do do people get contracts? Do people do those types of things? Okay. I mean, does it work? I mean, because yeah. everybody's got to everybody's got to protect themselves a little bit, don't they? Yeah. So what I I wanted to talk about sponsorship from both the side of the athlete and also the side of the company, um, because I work with both, um, different groups. And, um, the one thing that is important to me is finding the right fit for both the athlete and also the business. And so the first thing that, um, is most important is that the athlete, when looking for sponsorship, has to truly believe or use the product. So that is the most important thing. And I recommend to everybody that's looking for sponsorship that once again, it needs to be authentic. It needs to be something that you use in your, um, at the barn on a daily basis or when you're competing. And it has to be something that you can really get behind. So you always have to use these products. So once you've found a product that you love, then it's important to make a good match between the athlete and the business. So 
what I do is I work on relationship building. That's the most important thing. And so if you have, if you're looking for sponsors from the athlete side, you have to work on that relationship and um, you have to not be quite so obvious about it. There's nothing worse than somebody just sticking their hand out. Yeah. So um, the athlete has to think about what am I bringing to the table for this business and they need to make themselves unique. And once they've done um, that for the sponsor, they're successful. So again, sponsors want some social media presence. That's important, but they also want presence at the horse shows. They want presence when the riders are teaching. They want presence when the riders are selling the horses. It's all about the relationships. So at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So again, social media will help mm, support the sponsorship relationship. Um, but it's very important that there is a true relationship there and a true use of the product. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and, and transparency of what everybody has decided that they're going to, you know, so everybody's, you know, uh, you need to put this banner up at every competition. Well, it's like, you know, don't just give them the banner, right? I mean, it just needs to be a little bit right. clear and, and the information Beyond needs that. to get to where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can yeah. I, can and, I just give a, a, a quick example of this? And I know exactly what you're saying, Lisa. Uh, we sell a lot of horses, and they are dressed in the in their Devaku tack and their equilibrium boots and their bits. And, you know, all of the right the sponsors' things are on the horses. And a lot of the way it works is someone will try out a horse and they'll say, "This is a really nice saddle," you know. And uh, okay. That, that is that is the chance. That is the first time they've sat in the Devaku saddle, or 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 they've done whatever. Or oh, gosh, this is a nice bridle. Where'd you get this from? And it's actually you'd be amazed the amount of people that go and take an interest or, or, or buy it yeah well they've yeah. They've, they've, tri- they've tried it without even knowing they haven't had to call the rep and get someone to come around and 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 they've actually s- they've sat and, in it and they've jumped a well, jump in it they like the balance of it and it was yeah. just a very easy way of doing it without having to feel like they get committed to do something with getting a rep around or going and sitting at a stand and getting the spiel and the whole sort of thing it's like oh well i really like this mm-hmm. you know so, yeah. Sorry, Lisa. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Carol. Let's yeah. carry on there. Yeah. No. So, um, with uh, once again, but that's true, Joe, because that comes back to the relationship, and at the end of the day, that's what is important to the sponsors. So, any athlete looking for sponsorship, um, you've got to be able to have the people skills to develop that relationship. But then again, not everybody can seek sponsorship. You have to be successful at what you do. You have to have a, a good um, group of owners. You have to have a good group of people training under you. So you have to have a product and know what it is that um, your core business function is. Um, the other thing is, is once you get to the point where you've been working with the sponsors and it becomes official, absolutely everybody has to have a clear contract. And most of the times the businesses will serve that up. Um, I go through for my clients contract negotiation and, um, and you have to be as an athlete um, very clear on what you're going to be giving back to the sponsor. And a lot of that is you have to source your own photos. 
Um, you have to be willing to have, uh, you know, different uh, open houses at your facility to show off the tack or you go to the feed sponsoring, you might do an appearance, that sort of thing. So all of those are really important. And it's what makes our business go round, especially uh, for event riders, because sponsorship is so key to helping um, you with your saddles and your bridles and um, all the different uh, training tools that you need. Um, all the big companies like SmartPak and Ariat, they all have very formal um, contracts and you usually sign for anywhere from a year to five years. So um, it's all very official. I think in the past, our business, every discipline has always done everything on a handshake, and that's not the way to run a business. So just, just protecting everybody going, in the going. end, isn't it? I mean, it's, you just sort of have, it's oh. unfortunately, it's what we have to do now. Yeah, it's just making things exceedingly clear. And yeah. so you understand what the expectations are, and you have to be communicative thankful and give back. And if you don't do that, you're not going to maintain a sponsorship relationship. It's that easy. Yep. Just like real world stuff, huh? (laughs) Weird. (laughs) That's so funny that sometimes it just comes out. So here's a question, Lisa, talking about sponsorship. And this is probably something for our younger listeners, uh, people that are coming up through. People that are starting to starting to get some decent results and starting to feel like they can start to reach out to to sponsors. What what would you say to uh-huh. our, our younger people? It would be the steps to take. Well, it's really pretty much the same as what I just said to you. You have to establish your business first and make sure that you're doing really well. And if it's not a business, if you're a young rider, um, you have to make sure that you're just putting um, your best foot forward and that you're focusing on your riding first and foremost. And then secondly, you are going to meet people at the events or at the shows and you have to learn to have communication skills and presentation. Uh-huh. Yeah. This there you go. Is one of my absolute pet peeves the whole time, communication skills. <laughs> And this is, I, do you know what? I think it's a lost art for millennials. It down. is. Well, you everybody's know? looking at their phone and they're texting, their right? Yeah. They're on their phone, right. they're texting, and everything goes through can the I, text or Snapchat, so they don't actually can, ever have a conversation. Can I just say this? Yeah. You're not going to get okay. a job without an interview talking on the yeah. phone. You would not believe the amount of job applicants I have that people, they just want to text me or email me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't, no, you need to, you need to dial the numbers. Yeah. I feel like saying, are your fingers broken? You know, you dial the numbers, talk to me on the phone. You've got to be able to have yeah. some skills. Sorry. But Joe, yeah, it's actually, right. no, it's, it's, it's a, circling yeah. back a bit because <clears throat> like my, my kids are 13. And Hallelujah. 13. How is this happening? Okay. Yeah. I didn't get them a phone for a long time. Like they were each 13 when you're I left them. You're such have a, a phone. bad mother. Oh, you're a great I'm mother. Evil. Exactly. <laughs> evil. <laughs> yeah, no, it is yeah. good, but yeah. I'm joking. Evil. But they don't yeah. know how to talk on the phone. Yeah. 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 But, uh, okay, so it's I coming back to what? A kid's what? They, yeah. 
So what's happening? I think what they've taken off the keypad, have they? They made a button yeah, just so to call someone. What I think is circling around, and it's the same thing you've heard me talk about in this interview the whole time, is that it comes back to relationships, period. And you can't have a relationship through text messaging, um, emailing. You have to pick up the phone. You have to have some communication skills, and you have to be able to meet with people. And that's what it's all about. So I think that we'll see some areas of social media narrowing in the next few years. And um, I think that it'll have less importance. And at the end of the day, you're not uh, moving yourself forward as a writer or as a business through um, being behind a keyboard or, um, you know, creating something on social media. Again, that's always going to be there as your marketing presence. But at the end of the day, anybody can tell you in business or as a writer that, Everything that happens is because of a personal relationship. So yeah, absolutely, best yeah. advice. Best advice I can give. Almost every anyone. rider that has a big owner, it's all from a personal relationship with that with that owner, isn't it? It's got nothing to do with it's. You know, it's it's all. Yeah, it's all got to do with that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so um, and then so there's one other thing I wanted to mention um, along those lines is so speaking about relationships so Max this year since I have been at the Ocala um, Venning Pre Invitational for the past several years working for my clients at Woodley Martin and also at Ocala Horse Properties she asked me this year to get involved and so I am now involved managing sponsorship and helping with PR and that is a prime example of something that came to fruition because of a relationship. Um, I'm in Florida right now in Wellington, staying with my friend and client, Kim Herslow, who has very generously put me up and she's an amazing Grand Prix dressage rider, but um, I'm here in Florida with her because of that relationship. And so um, again, it it just all really comes back to that. So uh, that's my mantra. There you go. Yeah. Let's talk about the eventing pre-invitational. We got some good stuff coming up, don't Let's we? Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, so um, it's going to be happening on March 4th and 5th at Southern Cross Equestrian. Um, and it was, again, the brainchild of Scott Keach and Max Corcoran, the woman who manages and organizes Scott Keach's life. Which is, and- <laughs> <laughs> which is something to say about itself. A big no. job. So yeah. um, this is what the sixth year, Max. Sixth year, yeah. Sixth year. Can you believe that, Joe? Yeah. Joe's no, been to yeah. Joe's been to every single one. There's no other New Zealanders, but I give a whole country to him because he's been to every single one from the very beginning. He is and he is spot has supported the hell out of this show. So d- tell our listeners um, a little bit about the concept behind uh, the eventing break. Well, I think our listeners probably have heard this a bazillion times, but the whole concept is to is for these event riders to get more practice jumping under pressure um, and in a team atmosphere in a team in a team setting at the same time, and also to have a little bit of fun and make a little bit of money, um, which is also the good part of it. But really, it was just for for people to sort of practice under pressure um, in an environment that's um, that's you know. Um, 
uh, it's a cool, it's a great spot. It's a fantastic um, feel to it, the venue, and it's, um, you know, it, it adds a, a lot to these times when, um, you know, we show jump uh, before we go cross country so often now that we don't actually get to um, worry about show jumping when it doesn't technically count. It's not like you're, you're putting out an entire weekend, but if you don't, if you have a rail or two in this, in this circumstance, but it is a great way to practice and um, it's a, it's a fun day. It is. It's a complete community event. Um, I always looked into that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of spectators, um, great sponsors, a really fun VIP tent. Um, the event riders, they all go for it. Like yeah. they really go for it when they're in the ring. It's always scheduled perfectly. So it doesn't um, interfere with the other events and people in the past have left and gone up to red Hills from there. Um, this year it's the week it's the Monday, Tuesday. So the big events actually on Tuesday, Monday. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Is, yep. Tuesday afternoon. And then Wednesday is the trot up for, um, for not really a trot up. I think that just everybody checks in on, on Wednesday. I don't think they really necessarily have to trot up. Yeah. Oh, Live Oak. Live yeah, Oak. yeah, yeah. You're talking Live Oak. Yeah, exactly. For yeah. the for the driving. Yeah, it's a big weekend in Ocala. Well, and then there's the huge um, FEI, isn't it? A five star show jumping. Uh, it's there? a it's a World oh. Cup qual three star World Cup qualifier. Ah, uh, okay. See, Max, you know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's a World um, Cup qualifier each really week. Yeah. So. We are, um, Max is in the middle of organizing the teams in the different countries. So there's four countries that will be represented at the event. And then I'm busy working on sponsorship. Trying to get um, more prize money for these riders. Yeah. Sounds and good. we are still in need of sponsors. So this is my plug that um, I would love people to go on to Facebook and find our page, which is Eventing Pre-Invitational. And on there is information about sponsorship. And I can't release the names, but I got a couple really good sponsors this past weekend at the Women's uh, yeah, Business yeah. Summit as well. So yeah. that made my good trip stuff. down here really, really worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's good it. Good stuff, I'm Yay! It is, Max. It is. Yeah. It is. You forgot to say that it will. It well, I, I assume there'll be a live stream again this year, Max. Yes, there definitely oh, yeah. will be live stream. Yeah. Q Sports Network is uh, doing the live stream, and we've got. Uh, we last sponsors year, love a bit of live streaming. Yeah, live streaming. You get, you yep. get all that stuff on there. So yeah, that's and always a really good thing. Yeah, and food and booze. That's awesome. Yes, really there's important. fantastic. There's a, such a fantastic um, after party, which our dear friend Joe Meyer uh, does help uh, do the do the barbecue. And let me tell you, if you've ever had Joe's barbecue, it's pretty damn excellent. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just a good time. It's a fun day. So get more information. Come on out. Do it. Do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah well, I've also, I've, Max, I've also got Teresa Foot helping me this year, and she is. Oh. Um, that's awesome. She's she's pretty famous for a few barbecues yeah, and, and a bit of entertaining as well. Friday. So we'll, call, we'll have to call it uh, something Tuesday. What are we going to call it? We're going to have to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Max. Something. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be something Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It Pretty might good. be. Margarita Tuesday or something. Exactly. I don't know, but it'll be <laughs> it'll be something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. 
Well, Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to let you go. We've been chatting for a bit here, and uh, our listeners, I'm sure they're probably doing their trot sets, and they're probably ready for yeah, us probably. to zip it. <laughs> but thank yeah. you so much Perfect. for taking time and catching up with us, and uh, if we will, uh, we'll talk to you soon. The Eventing Writers Association of North America is the collective voice of writers, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now is uh, one of our favorite Canadians, Jess Phoenix. G'day, Jess. How's it going? Great. How are you guys? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Now, I wanted to get you on the show because I was chatting with my wife this morning and um, and your name came up and she said, you better get Jess Phoenix on the show because she, she left Canada and it was like negative, stupid something crazy. <laughs> and... Um, and so a temperature that I hadn't even heard of, and then um, and, and you've got like a, a mountain. You've got a, a plethora of Canadians. Like she said, she's got something like fifteen kids over there and a squillion horses. So, so tell us, tell us what's going on. Tell us, like, um, how was? Um, I mean, last time, last time you were in the spotlight was at the Worlds, and um, that was like but unfortunate oh we uh, gotta hear it? that story because that's an amazing that's an amazing story we that, will hear that, that in a minute is, that is a full story that you have to hear yes. um yeah no last year was a pretty exciting year it actually went very smoothly except for the one day that it should have and it didn't <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we've got an awesome crew down here um in florida this year we've got a lot of really talented kids and uh a big group of awesome horses. So yeah, we are looking forward to the next four months. Wow. That's a lot, a lot of horses, a lot of, a lot of fun though. That's pretty cool. But you've come down a little bit later this year, haven't you? Well, I actually came down the same time, but we had a couple of horses come over from Ireland. So one of my top girls, Jane Stevenson actually came down the middle of December to um, collect them and get them all settled in. So our horses started arriving earlier than normal, but uh, Joel and I came down the same time. Oh, okay. As normal. Yeah. I feel like it was just a bit later. Maybe it's because I missed you so much, Fee. That's probably Listen, what Matt, it is. Any day that I don't see you is like an eternity. <laughs> it's too long. Way One too day long. Is too long, man. It's terrible. Uh, too long. Just well, that's, tears. Well, Max, clearly the favorite. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> We have stood together in some tough times. (laughs) So, all right. So tell us, okay, tell us about, tell us about the end of the year and Christmas time. I mean, how cold really is it in, in, in Canada? Okay. So my husband just left to go back home to take care of the 300 beef cattle and he is arriving into minus 24. Centigrade. Yes. Ah. Celsius. Celsius. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, um, and it's it's cold. It's been a rocky what, winter. We had yeah. we had a ton of snow in November, and then in December it was just 
freezing cold with freezing rain and terrible footing. And we were just dying to get down here to sunny Florida. That's for sure. So, so what do you do? Do you, do you, can you don't even ride outside? I don't imagine. Do you? Yeah, we, I mean, it's possible that we can do some hacking. We have some nice um, hills and a lot of hay ground. So that footing actually stands up pretty well, but the outdoor rings, we can't ride in for like November, December. And we don't have an indoor at home. So that means we're shipping out. So we have an awesome oh. neighbor um, and he lets us ship into his property and we'll take like, you know, 10 to 14 horses a day and work them. And I mean, our upper, upper level horses are always on a break at that point of the year. So it's, it doesn't really affect them so much, right. but for the yeah. younger horses and the sales horses, it's nice to be able to keep them going. And when it gets that cold, like, is it, how bad is it for their lungs to be working when it's that cold? Yeah. When it's that cold, like, I mean, you know, when you shouldn't be riding cause it hurts your lungs like, to walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> so on those days we just surrender. We don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I guess you would have um, to just surrender. Wouldn't you just sort of what all you can do. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's cold, like your hands get cold and your face gets cold and it's just not a lot of fun. We used to have, we used to have snow days in England, right? And like we'd have a snow day and we'd say, oh, it's a snow day and the horses would stay in and we'd all go off to the pub and stuff. It was great. And, you know, (laughs) it was, it was awesome. But like it started to snow for a very long time and it got to the point where I just felt like we had to do some work. Like you couldn't keep us going to the pub every day, you know. (laughs) So, and so like we just had to sack up and get on with it. And, you know, so you've you've got to do stuff and you put like, um, I don't know about you, but we we put like special nails in the shoes to stop them slipping on the ice and have like hard picking out their hooves when they got stuck in the snow and things. You get snow pads. Yeah, yep, we have snow, snow pads in Canada. Yeah. That's right. Snow pads and um, chillblains. Yeah, oh. chillblains was another big thing. I never got them, luckily. <laughs> but like um, a lot of a lot of the girls that work for us, they're like sort of you know not to be rude, but like blue bottoms. You know, seriously, it, it bruises. It, it's like a bruising almost because it it sort of freezes the the some of the fat cells, isn't it? And it and it bruises you. Yeah, they give that's meant right. to be very painful. Absolutely. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> so, uh, not uh, something we have to worry about in Florida. No. <laughs> no. no. Although, although, although this morning it was, I was uh, yeah, yeah. freezing. It, it was, was. It was cold this morning. I, I was whining this morning. I had to get up early and do stuff. And it <laughs> yeah, was like. I will say, though, in. in in a lot of ways, it is really good to have a frost every now and then to help with the, you know, with the live bacteria that's growing in our ground right now after all the rain we've had this this fall. Yeah. So, yeah, bring on the frost Absolutely. every now and then. So frost and then get warm again real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Time for that. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jess, you've got like a squillion horses and riders and things down here. And if you got any... um. You know what? What exciting things are on the horizon for this spring? I mean, obviously you've got Pan quite, Am. A, quite a few sales yeah, horses baby. that I know. Yep, Pan, Pan Am, Lima, Peru. That is our big goal. So that's what we're really focused on this year. Um, we have a lot of really exciting two-star horses that got their qualifiers last fall, um, and then I think Pavarotti. We would head towards the Pan Ams as well because he's 
just such an awesome competitor at that level. So yeah, we are looking looking forward to that. Our first training camp starts in two weeks at, at David and Karen's in Ocala. So is, is David is going to continue coaching you guys this year? Yes. Oh, yes. excellent. Oh, good for you guys. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yay. Yeah. So, time. Yeah. So we just, but so let's go backwards a little bit. Cause we, our listeners have got to hear the story of you at the world championships. Cause it is just, <laughs> it, just, it, you know, cause we all love Jesse. Cause she's like, she's a fighter. She's tough. She's like, Oh, I can have a kid and compete at the world's three days, you know, three days later. I can break my shoulder and qualify for the Olympics two days later. It's like, yeah, merely a flesh wound. I nearly no killed problem. myself. Just, but, a, eh. just, a flesh, just a flesh wound. Yeah, carry yeah, on. yeah. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, it's fine. So you finally, like, get to a competition, all healthy and safe and fantastic. And yeah. it looks like it's all going to be so great for Roddy. And he's looking yeah. at fit as a fiddle. And he is fantastic. And so carry on from there. Okay, so yeah, we honestly went into the WEGS with, I mean, it's the best he's ever been going. I was so excited to finally have a year where there was like no drama and everyone was happy and healthy and ready to rock. And we went out cross country and he was going like a dream. Like the first couple of minutes were um, just straight lines and he he's just such a good jumper and loves to go fast. Um, and then we got to the backside of the course and there were two skinny squirrels and he jumped up over the first one and hung up and he never, ever adds in a distance. So I just sat up and I pressed for the one, but he got one and a half and chipped in. And when he landed on the other side of the squirrel, I was on his neck and I was like, I am not falling off today. This is not the day I'm falling <laughs> off. So we were galloping down a straight line. For probably like 30 to 50 gallop strides. And I just like every step just kept clawing my way closer and closer and closer. And I just got my right shoulder and leg back over the correct side of them. And then all I hear is, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then somebody grabbed the right rein and I was on the left side of them and they stopped him dead and I flung to the ground on the left side. Ah. And it was one of one of the spectators had reached out and grabbed his rein and stopped him. I, I just, and it was I, just I, the worst. <sighs> the worst feeling because I I mean there was definitely a couple of strides after the squirrel where I was like, Oh no, this is not going well. But then I literally like clawed my way and he just went in a perfect straight line. And I just, oh, I was just almost right back on there. And then that happened and it was not fun. So I just grabbed my horse and I walked away before <laughs> some choice words were about to come out of my mouth. Uh, oh, I, I believe someone told me you looked up at the person and said, can I please have my horse back now? And then I walked away. And then you walked away, but you so were very polite about mad. it. I would have oh. got a yellow card. Uh, yeah, you would have been yellow guarded for sure. Yeah. Okay, yep. so the best the best part of the whole story was like they don't I like didn't think that anybody no. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't sorry. I didn't really think that anybody had really seen it because we were just like in the middle of a gallop lane. There were no jump judges around, the cameras couldn't catch it, and it was just like, you know, wall to wall spectators. And when I got back to the barn and I was just so mad, Selena O'Hanlon's mom, Moreg, came into the barn and she was livid 
she's like, that spectator! And she was shaking her, she has a, a stick, um, her walking, like walking stick. Cane that, yeah, her walking <laughs> stick that she uses, and she was furious. <gasps> I thought her head was going to blow off. And she was like, <laughs> describing moment by moment what was happening, and she said, I was running as fast as I could. I was on the other side of the ropes. I was yelling at the stupid man. She was just freaking <laughs> I was out. Say, and the poor guy probably just, had no idea what was happening. There's this crazy honestly, I, Yeah. Like he thought he was helping me. He's like, oh, this poor girl. Let me reach out and stop her horse. <laughs> stop her horse so she can get back on. Yeah. Oh, exactly. my God. Oh, God. Anyways, in, in that moment when Moreg had seen the whole thing, I was like... Uh, at least now somebody's going to believe me. Because <laughs> that story, like in all of, in all of the years competing and eventing and like, you think you've seen it all and everything's happened. Yep. And then that just goes to show like you happened. Yeah. Yeah. It just keeps. Just Anyways, that off. was my WEG recap. Oh, oh well. <laughs> oh, well, we've yeah. got something in common then, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both oh, fallen man. off at a wig. I tell you what, it's no fun. <laughs> I can tell you. It's not. When I it's felt fun, when I fell off, I was allowed to get back on and finish. So that was the big difference. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a yeah. Because but you were you technically your fall was on the flat. Oh, but it was horse. Re- it was it was jump related. That's right. So you weren't allowed to keep going. Yeah. 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 I know. I was thinking maybe I should have just tried to get back on and keep rolling. Maybe nobody would have even noticed. <laughs> but then, you know, you get those cards. They give you those cards. Those, those colorful <laughs> cards. Joe knows yeah. about those colorful cards. <laughs> but, yeah. like, unless, unless you'd remounted once already the, that year, you weren't yeah. going to get it. You're not going to get a ban. Okay, no. you've got to. Yeah, okay, you've got to have the consecutive ones. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's got to be for the same thing. Okay, so like you know. Well, that's what they say, but then it's in fact not the case. That they is say true. it's supposed to be for two different things, but yeah, there you go. But then at the same time, too, it's yeah. At the same time, I mean, like somebody else at some point, some other place would have um uh you know somebody would have made a made a um inquiry about it and and you know got you anyways so eh. yeah because you guys were actually looking you guys yeah you guys were looking to sort of be the a little bit of a sleeper that weekend i reckon i know things uh didn't quite roll the way we needed no but it honestly training camp and leading up the whole year um you guys had a it good. was such a great group of people. Yeah. And we had a really competitive season as a, as a country. Um, so definitely a little disappointed with the way things yeah. ended that day. And how's it looking for the Pan Ams? Do you guys have a lot of, in, in general for Canada, I know you, you always have a gaggle of horses and, and you ride them so well, it doesn't really matter what you're sitting on, but how's Canada itself looking as far as, um, as the uh, Pan Ams are going? It's looking really good. We've got a lot of new uh, new blood coming up. Um, good. We've got, um, yeah, Brandon McMechan, who has a seriously competitive two-star horse. He's had some really top finishes last year and stepped up to the CIC three-star level, did really well. And then Brooke Massey um, just had a really top finish at Fairhill in the fall in the CCI two-star. Um, and then we've got all of our regular customers who just keep stepping up to the plate and making it 
making it better each time out. So yeah, I think we're really feeling positive and looking forward for, uh, for Peru. Cause this will be your, your all's way to get qualified for the Olympic games. That's right. Yeah. You're going to be fighting it with the U S of A and, and Brazil. We're duke it out. The duke trash talking has already started. I bet it has. <laughs> for sure it has. <laughs> yeah. Luckily nobody's friends, so it's fine. <laughs> 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 oh dear funny well you said you've got a you know you've got a some some young riders and some new blood coming up i mean yeah the way it's looking for the usa is that that's all they've got at the moment isn't it max the way that they've, they've painted the picture of the the new um training squads yeah well i think so i mean i think um the training squads are a bit they're 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 there um but i you know i think isn't it a rule that i don't i I don't know why I think this. I don't know if someone's saying that it might happen, but did someone tell me that you couldn't take a, four, a horse that's done a four-star to the Pan Ams? Is that right? I haven't heard that. I might be making that up. Maybe that's something they're talking yeah. about doing. Um, but so, you know. Oh, I, that's a good rule. Uh, it actually isn't a bad rule. It isn't a bad rule just to make, you know, to keep it a fairly level playing field because the whole point yeah. of the Pan Ams is to help the the – um, smaller countries develop, um, you know, yep. in a team competition. And, you know, obviously the Americans have always have, you know, a lot of four-star horses. So in the end, it would be kind of silly for, for the Americans. It's no one's going to gain anything from the Americans coming down with a bunch of four-star horses to win their way into the Olympic games and, and carry on that way. And when, you know, that's not the point of the whole exercise of having the Pan American games, is it? Right. Yeah. So, so how many yeah. how many teams qualify the Pan American Games in? Just the just the winning country, isn't it? I think it's the top two. Oh, it's the top two. Okay. Yeah. 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 I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it'll still be, um, you know, as we all know, things can happen. <laughs> but I guess wow. actually right now Don't we know that. I know. Um, at the, here, I'm at the, you know, USEF convention at the moment, and they're talking about how right now they actually don't have a shipping agent to get horses to, to Lima. <laughs> so, well, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's the other question. How feasible, um, is Lima actually looking at this moment? Yeah. But, I mean, I, uh, you probably remember, I mean, you're not as, not as old and as antique as some of us, but 2003, the Pan American Games, they actually held at Fair Hill, the eventing part they held at Fair Hill. And that actually went on very, very well because, you know, they had quite a good um, turnout with horses coming in from all over the South and Central America, which was pretty cool. Um, but there's right. no reason why they couldn't do that because right now it sounds like it's a pretty small area where the cross country perhaps may be. So you know, whether that's the best thing for everybody too, at the same time is, you know, who knows. What point in the season did they, um, make the decision to actually hold it at Fairhill? Oh, that was a long time ago. No, I, I was, I don't remember. I was, <clears throat> Cause that was 2003. That was a long time ago. Um, yeah. So I'm not, not completely sure. Yeah. But I know it hmm. would be, well, it'll be really interesting to see how it <coughs> shakes out. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully, because yeah. everyone, apparently everybody says the food in Lima is quite good. I'd love to go to Lima, Max. And if I went to Lima, I would definitely go to Machu Picchu. Yes. Which that you've got is a, destination, huh? Well, you've got to fly from Lima yep. to an airport near Machu Picchu. You fly straight to 10,000 feet. 
Okay, so you're not wow. you're not you don't want you don't want to get altitude sickness. So if you've got if you get altitude right. sickness, that's not for you. You're but done. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm fine. And um, go there, and I want to go and see Machu Picchu. It's supposed to be pretty outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Just on a sideline there. Just you know. Why not? But, <laughs> but it yeah. sounds good. So they better yeah. keep those pan Ams. Yeah. Yeah. Through. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That'd be great. Yeah. 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 Goodness gracious. Well, Jesse, we're going to let you go and, and check in with all your bazillion horses. And, um, but it's always great to catch up with you and talk to you. And I hope to see yeah. you sometimes in the hot and dusty trail in our little Absolutely. happy world. of okay. well, Thanks so much for having me on. It's great to catch up with you guys. No worries. Thank Jesse you, Jesse. Too. Thank you. Yep, hopefully, so hopefully we get a snow day here soon, huh? We can head to the pub. <laughs> <Catch up. laughs> I tell Once you what, we, can only we, hope. we may have to head to Disney for the snow day, okay? Um, yes. That's gonna be it's gonna be our big chance. Go, all right, I love it. Go, I love it. Um, it's not gonna happen here in Ocala, but I think we could probably find <laughs> snow in Disney and a pub. So um, we might have to get organised. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Thanks okay. so much, guys. No, thank you, Jess. Talk to you soon. She never ceases to amaze me, Jess Phoenix. I uh, know. She's like a, she just, she's got so much energy. Yeah, she's got two kids, whole business, husband, blah, blah, blah. And they're just, those guys are amazing. I mean, and Joel in his own right has, you know, he's a cow, cattle shower, prepper. I'm going to have Ran- it wrong. And Wrangler. I know Rang- no, no, he prepares them for. He goes I know he does, and no, he's a big there's, judge. There's yeah. a word for it. Is it, is it? a wrangler okay. or a something or other? Okay. No, I know. Like you've got a. You know, I've seen it. I've, yeah. I saw them do it in New Zealand when I was growing up. Like the, okay. these big gnarly old dudes with the like little tail brush out and stuff. Like yeah. it's like no, it's quite serious business. Yeah, it's, it's really serious. Business. You know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we might not make fun of it when we've no. got my own no. tail brush, brush my own no. horse's tail, but that's exactly. Fine. Um, but yeah, no, no the, it's just funny. It's just like sort of, you know, have a baby and carry on. Really go, to three, go to a three day the next day. Just crazy. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Here, hold the baby. I'm going to get fine. on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Max, it's been a long show and I hope everyone's had a lot of fun. Anita, Nimpton, Gilmore, I'm sure you've had a great trot set and don't think you would have been able to handle this one with no stirrups. So Max, it's about time you got on and finished the show up. Yeah, exactly. And before we finish up, we just wanted to let everybody know about the new ERA Adult Amateur Gem Award, which is kind of a new program that we've just launched. The ERA has just launched, and it's a it's a it's a way to get the amateurs involved with the Event Riders Association North America. So if you go on online and into the ERA website and you click on um, programs, um, it comes up with a Gem Award, and basically you're getting rewarded for uh, for doing well. Um, so if you have a um, qualifying score, it says you must be a current active member of, of ERA. You must be a current member of USCA uh, with adult amateur status. The scores can be earned on multiple horses over multiple years. Riders must provide proof of scores and be verif- and it would be verified by the ERA. Uh, the qualifying score, so you have to have a qualifying score. So qualifying ride is a dressage score of 50 or less. 
cross-country, no cross-country jump penalties, and a stadium with no more than three rails. So if you get enough of those together, so at the beginner novice level, you have to have two of them, and you get an, a little Onyx uh, pin sent to you, and you can put it on the lapel of your jacket. And as you go up through the levels, you send them in, and you can maybe you get more beginner novice um, pins and stuff, little gems. Um, and then as you go up, you get... Um, emeralds or rubies or sapphires or diamonds and so um, and you send your little foreman and, we, and we'll send you um, a gem and that's kind of a fun way to show everybody um, what you've done so check it out have a look it's kind of a cool new program um, so we're pretty excited about it yeah I think everybody's excited people work pretty hard putting it together but cool. yeah, yeah it's really cool. exactly yeah. So, um, and to save everybody's uh, thighs from burning, uh, thanks everyone for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. You can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook, just search The Eventing Radio Show, and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to Springtime Supplements for supporting the show. And don't forget to mention the eventing show when you place your order for a 15% discount and free shipping. This is Max, and you can find me on Facebook at Max Corcoran Horse Care. You can find me on Twitter at MMC338. You can find me on Instagram at the same at MMC338. And you can read my blog that I haven't done in a while at Max Corcoran WordPress. And this is Joe, and you can find me on my website, JoeMeyerEventing.com. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter, JoeMeyerEventR, Instagram, JoeMeyerEventing. And tomorrow morning, you can find me first in the ring, which uh, is to go to horse trials. Are you the first one down the center line? I'm the first of 2019. one. Oh my God. I am, Max. I am. Uh, on little, little, little bees. Buccaneer, nice. he is, yep, I know, So, but I've got to get back to the barn quickly and pack all my riding clothes, and um, yes. I haven't done all that, and um, early morning, but yeah. luckily it's a local show, and looking forward Yay. to the start. Excellent, yeah. super. So, thank you very much, listeners, and we'll talk to you all again in four weeks' time. Bye for now. <laughs>